Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it is your host, Kim Jones, and let's fix some shit. So today, um, I am so excited about today's episode. It's something that I have wanted to talk about for such a long time and just having someone on that, you know, we're going to share some real shit today. We're going to get real nitty gritty. We're going to get dirty with it. Um, uh, my good friend, Maria. Hey, Maria. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing so good. I'm so excited for this. This is dope. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, where you grew up, just for context of today's episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my name is Maria. Um, my background is kind of a lot, so I'm going to bring it down a, a notch. Uh, I was born in the Dominican Republic. I moved to the States when I was two. Um, I lived in New York. I grew up in Rhode Island. So Providence, Rhode Island is actually my hometown. Um, then when I was about 13, my mom moved us to Orlando, Florida. So I lived everywhere in Orlando from like Kissimmee, St. Cloud, um, and just the Orlando area. Um, I actually went to high school and graduated from high school in St. Cloud. Um, that's where I met my husband, not in high school. We went to the same high school together. And um, that moved us to Wyoming, lived there for six years. Then I lived in Montana. Now I'm in Delaware. So that's where I'm at now. Um, and just a little bit about me. Um, right now, I work part time, but I do run my own online business through a um, partnered with a beauty and wellness brand. And I know Miss Kimberly, your host of Via, she was my coach in my second bodybuilding competition. So I'm very excited to be here. But that's just a little background on me little bit of everything. <laughs> okay, awesome, awesome. So today I want to talk about um, racial identity. And one of the things that I thought it would be perfect, and I'll just I'll elaborate a little bit, is that I grew up um, kind of similar, like, I, oh my God, I moved from country to country. I lived in Florida, I lived in Georgia, lived in, you know, so many different places. But um something that I realized about myself consistently because I'm originally from the Cayman Islands is that growing up in like a mixed cultural or being from a mixed cultural place um, and then living in America, United States, it's almost, for me, it was difficult kind of associating with one race. And then right. be, because how I grew up, it was like almost like, to shame the more black parts of me, like, you know, my nose being flatter or, you know, my skin being a little darker was always compensated with, well, you're, at least your hair is, you know, nicer, you know, like, <laughs> I was like mm -hmm. well, <laughs> <laughs> so that's something that I really wanted to talk about. So I have some topics here and we just gonna get into it. Cool. So in that, on that, tell me, did you, did you grow up with like knowing a specific race or did you grow up being like you're from the Dominican Republic? So it's funny that you mentioned that because growing up in Rhode Island, it's very much like little DR. So there's so many Dominicans, but there's also like a lot of Asians. Um, and I was never really exposed to like, let's say anything other than my culture um like very much like it was very if, if anything any other culture was like a minority where I was from um like it was you know like even even like you know like 
the white people <laughs> were kind of like they were so like they you know they were Portuguese Italian so it was like a different type of like I never really experienced um you know any difference except from my own people actually like there's a lot of um prejudice and like racism within our culture as Dominicans as Hispanics in general um so for me it wasn't until I moved to Florida that I started to really like see you know like okay wait <laughs> like there's there's a little bit of a of a difference here like the only like really thing that I can really recall was just like Puerto Ricans and Dominicans did not like each other like in the east coast like Rhode Island like no like we 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 were too like as even though we're very similar um in culture like it was just murder beef like between us two like it was crazy um but that's really like all that I I, I experienced um but I think I just didn't know that my culture was what it was within itself. Like, you know, me being the darker Dominican, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not the the one that you see in the telenovelas on TV, like lighter skin, straighter hair, mm -hmm. um, you know, fine nose, et cetera, et cetera. Like I'm curvy, like whatever. So um, that was something that I did experience in that sense um, that I wasn't the lighter skinned Dominican. Like I was the, the dark one, so... So tell me, like, okay, so you you, you touched on two things. So the first one I want to ask about is tell me what you experienced within your own community. Like, what did that look like for you being, you know, like you said, of the darker skin? Because I feel you, that's how, that's how it is for me. Like, I'm considered darker skin where I'm from. So when I came here and they're like, girl, you light skin. I was like, mm -mm. <laughs> like it's so different. But yeah. tell me about that. Like, what did you experience, like, culturally? So culturally, what I experienced was um, at a very young age, my mom actually relaxed my hair. Uh, so, you know, my hair was not tameable to her. It was not manageable, but it also wasn't considered beautiful to have mm -hmm. curly, kinky hair. I honestly didn't really even understand what my hair really was until I decided to um, embrace it almost now seven years ago. Uh, but, um, there was also like, my mom would like, like drown me in like sunscreen, <laughs> like, don't, don't get dark, like, don't get dark. And it was like, yeah. it was, and I didn't really think anything of it. You know, I, I, I didn't know. And so it was always like, you have to keep yourself together. Your hair always has to be done. You always have to get it like relaxed from a very, very young age. Um, so that was my idea of like, no, if I'm too dark, like I'm not pretty, and I was actually told that by a boy, and I'll never forget this, and people think I'm crazy that I remember this specific incident, but it, it must have it, it impacted me, obviously, because of the fact that there was this boy that I liked, also Dominican, a lighter, a lighter uh, skinned Dominican, and I remember being brave enough as a little girl, telling him that I liked him, and he straight up told me, like, I can't like you, you're too dark. Wow. And, and it's crazy because I can't remember what I ate yesterday, but that's something I remember verbatim. That was the exact conversation that we had. And, um, and I was always considered out of my group of friends because I was always the darker one, like the one that the boys would go up to and say, oh, I like so-and-so, or, hey, can you tell your friend that I like her? Like, so it wasn't until I got older that I looked back at memories and looked back at different you know experiences that I was like oh wow like 
that was really like out there like that you know I really went through these experiences where because I'm darker in the same culture of the same people I'm you know I'm considered less beautiful or less than um or not as likable as my fellow you know other Dominican friends and whatnot or Hispanic friends so Mm -hmm. yeah like that was that was rough to like come to terms during like my healing process that those experiences happened to me because of just being of a darker complexion that's like and I'm so happy that you're here sharing this because I feel like this happens so much and Mm -hmm. you know now you see more people opening up to it but the reason why I started this podcast was mainly because I was like hey I cannot be the only parent out here trying to you know be on this path try to heal try to recognize that how I was raised or how I've been raising my children isn't the way, but I'm fucking losing my mind, you know, like ain't nobody out here struggling to (laughs) let's talk about it. So, you know, this is something I really, really wanted to talk about. So thank you for, you know, being on here. Um, Something that I experienced. So for me, it was like different. It was like not embracing my black features. Like it was almost like I was raised to, look down on like American black people like right. you're not fully black you're you know I remember wh- I moved here permanently to United States when I was 15 so I was in the 10th grade and I came home um with like this sheet that we had to fill out and race was a thing but in where I'm from in the Cayman Islands there is no race you're either from the island or you're not right right so I'm asking my mom I'm like mom what, what am I and she's like, you're West Indian. And I was like, it ain't no box for West Indian on here. <laughs> Which one? Because <laughs> I don't see that. But it was so bad. I remember my grandpa, my grandfather, you know, telling me one time, and he was white, he passed away, but he wasn't my biological grandfather. Um, that my grandmother would put white on forms and I'd be like where you know what I mean like it is so when I came to this country I did have an ignorance about me I really did like I felt like I was better than and like my really I was so gassed up and I had this long hair and girl you couldn't tell me shit you know what I mean like and I remember no, I, having... it, I, I, not to cut you off, but I do know what you mean exactly because it wasn't until recently that Dominicans are actually West Indian as well. Um, my husband actually kind of informed me in that a little bit. He's a research uh, fanatic. And also, I used to say, no, I'm not black. I'm Dominican. Mm-hmm. Like, nope, I'm not black. I'm Dominican. Like, right. girl, if they put you on a line <laughs> and they line you up, you black. <laughs> you know, right like now. I know that now, but. Yeah, back in the day, I was like, oh, I thought I was something extra, like exotic. Like, oh, I'm Dominican. Like, I'm not black. Like, don't associate me with that. Like, no. Um, so I definitely fully relate to that entirely, especially the checking off white. Um, I actually went through immigration processing and they checked off white for me because they couldn't do like non-Hispanic, whatever. And like, it was like, yeah, like white. I was like, where? <laughs> right. So yeah, go ahead. I just was like, that was like on the nose like that's crazy no that that it's just it's a real thing that happens and I realized that um so when I came to United States the the people that I fit in with you know because I went to a predominantly 
European Hispanic school. So they were predominantly white Hispanics. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I fit in with the Dominicans, the Puerto Ricans, because I didn't even fit in with the black kids. They were like, well, you're not black. And I'm like, well, shit, I don't speak Spanish. So come on. (laughs) (laughs) Like, where do I, where do I fit in then? Shit. You know what I mean? Like, but they like, you look like you would though. And I'm like, but I don't like, listen, can I just go in somebody's group? Oh God. so it wasn't until I moved um, to Miramar, which is a suburb outside of Fort Lauderdale mm-hmm. in Florida, that it was like a bunch of Caribbean people. And I was like, oh, my God, yes. Like, you're mixed, but you're not his. You're not Span. You know what I mean? Like, but you're not. Yeah. Bl- but in, and that's where I kind of I was sheltered, you know. So as an adult, I had some real fucked up ignorant ass experiences like in myself that I was like, right. wait, Kim you may not be all, you know, let's, let's look where this negative connotation comes from. Right. But right. now I feel like I'm a black queen. Like, God damn, like, can I be more black? Can mm-hmm. I have more ass? No, like, that can part, I- <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, I, 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 I actually partnered up with a brand that's, uh, it's called Melanated and she, like her shirts say Melanated as fuck or black queen or whatever. And I'm just like, black, black lady, black, black bee. Yes. Okay, I am black. <laughs> like, just... Yes. Because, <laughs> so I feel like, that. Right. I'm so proud to have this culture, this, you know. You know, this culture that's so beautiful. And that's another, you know, that's another conversation of how much African culture is suppressed and we don't know about that we don't know our culture to be proud right. of it you know um but shit like oh baby let me and let who <laughs> and i'll oh but anyways next thing so that's cool so something that i also noticed for me and i wanted to ask you right. i realized that i don't or i have not raised my children to have racial identity and i'm trying to like I feel like because we live in America, I need to, but then I feel like I don't know, like, I don't know how to teach, like, I don't know how to, you know, like, all I can do is, like, love yourself. (laughs) Yeah, 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 no, truly. Like, how are you, like, are you raising your son a specific way? Like, what does that look like? How does race look in your household? So, um, it's funny you say that because I actually did a photo shoot wow, it's been almost a year and change now. Um, A friend of mine's friend was doing a photo shoot for a, um, she wanted, it was a Black uh, Black Lives Matter series. So she had like Black Love, uh, like three Black Queens. And then she wanted a mother and son um, series. And uh, my friend, she couldn't do it. So she's like, hey, my friend and her son, like, you know, like she's very much considered a Afro-Latina. Like she's very much, a, a very proud to be Black. Um, you should hit her up and we did the photo shoot and it wasn't until then that I didn't realize like holy shit like I I need to do better in letting my son know like you know because he's light-skinned like he's what we'd be considered right now like the he's gonna be the pretty light-skinned even his hair people say oh he has good hair oh I hate that oh it drives me insane like and I and and I still don't know how to like politely but respectfully but like fuck off like people like don't say that you know because I don't want him to hear that um and then me have to go home and and correct so I honestly don't know I don't know we very much me and my husband um you know identify him as you just being a he's West Indian 
because of the fact that he is half he's Guyanese, Puerto Rican, and Dominican. So it's like we don't want him to just be like, oh, I'm like all of these different things. So like with my husband, with you know Guyana being a West Indie, and my husband doing like the technical research of like you know Puerto Ricans and Dominicans also are kind of in the West Indies as well, geographically speaking. Um, so we're like, you know, you're West Indian, you're, you know, you're a black, you're a little black boy, because that's what they're going to see, you know, they, that's what they see you as. But because he is a fair skin, he's pretty, he has the good, you know, I'm air quoting right now, the good hair. Um, it's been tough to mentally wrap myself around that because I, that's not how I grew up. And that's definitely not how my husband grew up. My husband was very much like the black boy um, and stuff. So it's, it's one of those things that I feel like the responsibility we have is just like our personal healing um, and, and recognizing like things from our past and from our childhood that, you know, made us feel like, like we could have like that. I don't know, like that stick up our ass, like, Oh, we're not black. <laughs> like, mm, or what, yeah. or that, you know, the ignorance, like you said, um, but it's been really hard to just wrap my head around like how I'm going to do that when he is older. It's even been kind of tough, like teaching him Spanish, even um, like, you know, my grandmother and like other family members can really only talk to him in Spanish. And so I it's almost kind of like, am I confusing him? Like what? It, like, is this what's the right way to go about it? Like, how do I teach him that, you know, besides, yeah, love yourself. Like, I want you mm -hmm. to love you. Um, but it's also still like, there's so many things that I'm still trying to figure out myself that it's so new to me. Like all of this is so new to me, all these different identities that it's like, how, like, this is a big responsibility. <laughs> like this is someone I'm about to put out into the world and it's, it's tough. So I still haven't cracked the code. I still haven't figured it out. All we know right now is that like, you know, I, I don't like the whole good hair thing. And he always gets that. He's so like, he's so handsome. And I'm like, I know why you're saying it. Like, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's because he's a he's a cute little light-skinned boy. Like, that's why, you're, like, yeah, he's handsome. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But I know where it comes from, and it kind of irritates me sometimes that, like, it's because he fits this, like, image that people like to deem as the beautiful, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's something I went through with my daughter because my daughter is fair, she okay. has um, fine hair, and um, she, when she was younger, she had her hair was super long, and I, you know, of course, the same kind of comments came, and then I saw her kind of like feeling herself, and kind of, you know, would make herself like, well, I have like this long, pretty hair. And we kind of like, I was like, girl, let me tell you something. Honey. Let <laughs> me tell you something. And I told her, I was like, please do not think it's a flex because that's how your genetics are. You did nothing to accomplish that. Right. Make a flex, like how you treat people, because that's what you can control. And we really, you know, where I still uplifted her, but it was very, and not saying that's how your son will feel. That's just something I went through with my daughter. Right. And now, you know, she is definitely a very like open person, but she still struggles with identity mostly because she doesn't quote unquote look black. And that's something mm. that we, you know, she's in high school now. I can't believe I'm saying that she's in high school. Oh, wow. 
high school. I know I'm fine, ain't I? Anyways. Hey, um, you, I was about to say, I was like, listen, <laughs> I need the juice and the sauce so I can look like you the blackness, in the morning. That's why I want more of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when you start realizing that, babe, I'm this for, ooh, listen, yeah. can I have more of this? But, um, you know, we went through that where she's just like, I don't understand why people don't think that I'm black. And I'm just like, because you're so mixed that you may have less you know, African genes than, you know, genetically. But I mean, you still come from and try to educate her on that place. My son, he's darker, but he has very fine hair. And mm-hmm. that was like almost his, you know, saving grace. It's like, you gotta have something. You gotta have something. And for him, I just, I don't even tell him that his skin is beautiful. I used to do that. But now I just tell him he's perfect. And he he doesn't, you know, he's seven. So it's not like you can see that right away. But as far as I see, I just allow him to be him. I allow him to dress the way that he wants to dress. I don't put any type of like, oh, you got to wear this name brand or you got to wear these these shoes. One of my episodes, I talked about putting that kind of stereotype on my son because I felt like, oh, when you see a Black boy, if he's not in, you know, designer or dress, then people are going to think less of him. And then I was right. like, fuck those people. Is he happy though? Right. And he'd be happy in some bubbles. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> he is my happy child. Like he is so happy. And I just allow that happiness to, I think if I could give you any advice is that in just this aspect is just raising your children to have the best childhood is the best thing that you can do you know like sometimes right. I feel like we worry about because we as people heal from so so much and we'd be like damn my parents were fucked up shit I don't want my kids to be fucked up god damn like right. <laughs> are you gonna be functional when you get like- older <laughs> the best yeah. thing that you can do is give them a good ass childhood no, like truly, like, and, and I've been kind of like um, boggling with that too lately because I came like not not just like in like just like the like spiritually and like physically and like all of that like how I grew up and just going back and thinking about it like like wow like I was really like taught to think that my hair was ugly that my black wasn't beautiful that I had to yeah. be light skinned that you know that um that we're not black that we are very much hispanic and that we would just look at black people till this day i have to correct someone like my grandmother and even yes. my mom that says yes. things like mike man this is so sidetracked but it, it kind of goes with you know how i want to raise him to be a better person that doesn't say certain things and and i didn't even realize that i i i, I was raised by these people my mom you know there was a friend of mine who had a baby who was very very much dark but um you know, mixed, it was a mixed couple, but he came out very dark. And she's like, oh, yeah, um, so-and-so's baby is, you know, cute. It's he, 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 it's good that he came out cute. And I'm like, what? What? Like, what are you saying? Like, oh, like, he's cute for, like, how dark he is. And mm. I looked at my mom, and I'm like, you raised me. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> what? Like, what I'm confused you know and then there'd be times where like even like my you know some like my grandma like she'll she'll say oh but like but your 
like they would say in Spanish, oh, pero tú eres fina. And fina just means that I'm, I have like the, like the tighter jaw. Like I'm just a more fine faced. Like mm, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Like my, my yeah. nose isn't huge and yeah. whatever. Like at least I have like a fine, like I, I'm a fine beauty. Um, yeah. And it took them a long time to wrap their heads around the fact that I went natural. Like mm-hmm. very much like they when I went natural, one of the things that I looked up and that I researched was um, you're going to have people celebrate you. And there's always going to be those one to two or handful of people that aren't accepting of themselves who aren't going to be happy with your decision. Yeah. And when I announced it, my mom was actually the first person to be like, why did you cut your hair? Mm-hmm. Like almost like, what did you do? <laughs> like what is this nonsense? And I always get asked, when are you going to do your hair? Mm-hmm. Are you going to do your hair? And I'm like, my hair is done. So it's like one of those things, like, like you said, like, you know, making sure that they have a good childhood. Like I, I actually find myself sometimes um, being so strict about his appearance, like almost like cycle, like, like unconsciously, like I want him mm-hmm. to like look a certain way yeah. so that it's not like so he's not like even though he is you know already cute like I don't, I'm like no 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 like you have to like you have to be this way you have to dress this way so it's crazy that you said that because I'm very much subconsciously that that mom that is like no you can't you can't wear those shoes <laughs> like, yeah no nope, don't wear those way. shoes don't and I'm just you know keeping it 100 and keeping it real because yeah um I still like I had to like fight to just buy him like really these regular little like van looking shoes from like Walmart mm-hmm. um because that's how I grew up right like and I was like nah 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 like I you can't wear the shoes from Walmart like yeah. <laughs> my husband used to make fun of me all the time he's like I'm gonna buy him some shacks from Walmart I was like don't you dare like yeah and and I realized sometimes I'm like that's actually like a terrible thing of mindset to have you know like raising him to think that he can only wear Jordans and Nikes and name brand things and like that's not okay um only because that's what I like how you mentioned like I associated him being like well he's the he's the cute little black boy so he needs to have you know the get down like he needs to have the the you know the track suits and the whatever and like he needs to dress a certain way and it wasn't until honestly recently that I had to check myself and just be like, no, like, let him be a kid. Let him wear yeah. the dinosaur, the dinosaur outfit that he wants to wear. Yeah. Like, the, even the other day, my husband let him dress himself. And I had to just, I, my eye was having, I was having an eyesore. And I had to just let it be. I was like, you know what? That's what he wanted to wear that day. Like, it's okay. And that's just, that's me, like, healing my trauma and learning through him. Um how to correct the things that you know were taught to me growing up like so yeah giving him the best childhood like is definitely number one like that's probably the best advice that you could have given me especially giving me that perspective of you telling me like you just let your son like yeah he can wear those whatever whatever as long as he's happy like that is awesome like I love that there's I'll, I'll tell you this this story and it's it's what really I will say that my son, to be honest with you, mind you, my daughter's 14 and my son is seven, mm-hmm. but my son came into my life to really change it, you know, because my daughter got this, you know, like she had to be perfect. Her hair had to be done. She had to have matching. Like I could t- show you picture after picture with bow and perfect hair of matching. Like they probably, that she was, listen, that was a Barbie mm-hmm. doll. Okay. Mm-hmm. Listen, 
I <laughs> needed people to know that I was a good mom and I cared about her and she was always put together. And right. um, so one day my son, he, he just got some brand new shoes, brand new Nikes or whatever they were. And I picked him up from daycare and I pro- he jumped in every single motherfucking puddle, okay? He did not miss one, okay? He did not skip. <laughs> he <Just doubled>. splashed. <laughs> he did everyone, okay? And I was mad and I was like, those are your new shoes. And he just looked so terrified. So the next day, um, he was getting ready for school and he was like, mommy, what shoes can I wear that if I get them dirty, you won't be that mad at and I really asked myself I was like damn Kim what the fuck are you teaching your son that is more important that he makes you happy and that he doesn't jump in the mud puddles because he was probably living the best fucking life jumping Mm -hmm. in those puddles yeah and then I was like then people would tell me well he needs to understand how to appreciate shit why he didn't tell me to buy those expensive shoes right true you know like what does your childhood look like feeling like, okay, you can't get anything dirty. You got to be prim and proper. You got to, you know, you got to fit in this box versus a childhood that shit. I just was, I did happy shit. Like I jumped in puddles, my mom jumped in them with me. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, no, seriously. It's almost like, where does this, where does this even come from for us? Cause for me, yeah, I was outside. I was dirty. I was always that girl. I was with the boys. My brother's six years older than me. So I was, I, I definitely, I can say, despite all the traumas that, you know, I realized later on in life, um, like, I was like, I had a pretty good childhood, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, because so, we were free, we were wild. We were free, yeah. And, but it comes from making sure that we're presentable, making sure that we're adequate, making sure that we're worthy, right. making sure that because, you know, because I feel like culturally, people that are mixed race, you know, mixed with African, like they're not ignorant to the fact. They just want to prove that we're better because there's such a negative connotation here in the United States with being black. Right. So I got to show you I'm better. I got to speak better. I got to look better. I got to look more like what's acceptable than what I am, you know? So it's so crazy because, you know, the Cayman Islands is not, it's a British territory, right? right. Versus the Dominican Republic, it's, it's Hispanic, you know? But right. when I cut my hair, my grandmother said that she literally said I disgusted her. And I was like, well, damn. Oh, my God. <laughs> she well, told give me it to me straight, Grandma. Right. <laughs> she was like, a woman's worth is in her hair and I was mm, like see mm-hmm. but I'm the black sheep baby. I got tattoos I you know my mom she's like can you please not get any more tattoos I would like to see you I was like I'm right here boo <laughs> <laughs> being black oh my god I'm done that's crazy like I'm telling you like some of the things that we hear like our family like just blurts out and thinks that it's okay I'm like what what like it is. And it was a struggle. And I started wearing like head wraps yeah. out in public recently. And I used to be terrified of it. And I had to ask myself why. And it was like, because Kim, you've always been this, you know, passing for something else. And you found worth in that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you found worth in your exoticness. You found worth in people telling you, well, what are you? Where are you from? What do you mix mm-hmm. with? But baby, mm-hmm. let me tell you, I'm as ignorant 
what you mix with black but you're not black but you <laughs> black <laughs> but you sound no. like black <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm sure there's a trickle of something else, but we black, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yo, so. I used to get I, I, like when people like because I do I purposely. So there's different, I like and I and I didn't notice it until um my husband brought it up once. Like I used to ch- like when I moved from Rhode Island to Florida, I actually moved to West Palm Beach. And what's crazy about West Palm Beach was either you were like Caucasian Prada wearing white or you were like black, like just just you were just like they were just the black crew. And I was in the middle like this this girl from the East Coast, like light skinned, wasn't didn't fit in with the white, didn't fit in with the black. Mm-hmm. And I'm like everybody looked at me like I was crazy. I had a whole different swag from you know from being from the East Coast than from Florida. Um, I spoke different. Um, I had an accent, and I had to change slowly how I spoke. I shifted my accent completely um, mm-hmm. so that people would understand me. And then I also then translated that into um, when I was at work, when I was at a professional setting. I mm-hmm. had what people would call, I would have my work voice, my white voice mm-hmm. um, is what I've been told. Like, oh, you have your white girl voice on like at work uh, because there would be times where like customers would come in and they would look at me like, oh, we're here to see Maria. And they would see me and they're like confused. Like, wait, mm-hmm. are you the person we were talking to on the phone? Yeah. And then all of us, I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, but, you know, I'm also not going to go up in there like, oh, what's up? Like, I'm not going to be like that like that person either mm-hmm. like I'm in a professional setting but I did find myself changing slowly throughout my life like how I spoke my accent like not being proud of it like I would only speak like I'm from Rhode Island when I was in Providence Rhode Island with my friends and then mm-hmm. if I was in Florida very rarely would it come out unless I was around friends that were also from that area and we would get together and we would all sound the same with the same you know um lingo and accent and stuff but when I was at work I remember when I go go back to work like hello welcome to Wells Fargo like my name is Maria how can I help you Mm -hmm. (laughs) like and I would force myself to have this voice and then it it wasn't until like yeah like customers would come in and they're like confused like what is this like what who are you like what are you (laughs) like I would get the what are you all the time like I'm like, what do you mean? And then they'd be hearing like sometimes customers from my coworkers um, offices would hear me speak Spanish and they're like, wow, you speak Spanish so well. Like, where did you learn it? Uh, at home. <laughs> and they're like, what? Like, what are you? And then yeah. the whole touching of the hair thing, like, can I touch your hair? Does your hair like, do you do that every morning? Like, does, do you curl each curl? Like, bro, it's it's insanity. Like it. It really, I feel like people really don't understand. And from both sides, you know, it's not just like a, I think the people that are mixed or the people that are, you know, like us understand a lot better because it's so different talking to someone who understands that versus like, you know, because my interactions with like Black people would be like, oh, well, Kim, you know, you ain't all the way Black, you know, we'll we'll give you your Black card. 
Well, you, you know, and I'd be like, listen, I used to let that shit bother me, but now I, I just coming into me and being like, okay, no, I wasn't raised quote unquote black, but let me tell you, I got some African, okay? Mm-hmm, I got mm-hmm. some drums, you know what I mean? Like, look <laughs> at my face. Are you going to yep. tell me? Look at my skin. Look at my child. Are you going to tell me? Okay, please. Yes. You know? So when I, I actually lived in Mississippi for four years, and even though I would never, I would never, I don't even know who the fuck would even, like, you know where we should go with Mississippi? You know, I'm not, no shade. <laughs> no, I- <laughs> I would never have Mississippi. <laughs> right. But let me tell you something. Something I did when I came here um, to the United States is I changed my accent because I have a West Indian Caribbean accent. Right. I was going to say, that's why I mentioned accents. I was like, I don't think I've ever heard an no. accent in your voice. It all it comes out when I'm pissed or uh-huh. if I'm talking to other West Indian people Right. sometimes. But lately, I've noticed that I've just accepted who I am and how I talk so it can come out but sometimes it doesn't but I brought up Mississippi because I moved to this town called Hattiesburg Mississippi okay and it is the the country's place I've ever lived but let me tell you I picked up this country accent because it's something I did I would just talk like who I heard that's how I learned my American accent okay and now I have different I, I just talk. So you might be Same. like, yes, baby. You know, yes. Girl. I love that shit. I came to California. Thank you. And these, this, like, I used to work in um, AT&T. I did sales. And, um, God, I hate to talk about different types of, but California, especially where I live, it's not so much about race, per se, than it is about how much money you make. Status, okay? like. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. it's about status here. So these Karens came in, okay? And they were like, where's the manager? And I'm just like, oh, like, I don't take that to my head. Like, I, I don't think like, oh, I'm the store manager. Like, you should respect me. I just came like, hey, what's up, boo? Like, hi. And they were like, you know, tell me the problem. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's get it addressed. And I remember telling her, like, I was like, all right, so do this because I don't want you to come back. Like, hey, hey now. Kim didn't do what she needed to do now. And I'm talking to them just like this. And they're Mm -hmm. just looking at me and I'm looking at them. But you can tell, like, they were just like, okay, yeah. And I just accepted that. I was like, listen, I love this little bit. Listen, I love this little bit. Okay. Yeah. Uh Period. And it it gets in there. But now I just, you know, I talk like sometimes my West Indian accent, my Caribbean accent comes out and I'd be like, listen, 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 clean this up. (laughs) what I doing mm. I love that you know <laughs> yes I love it I love it. it it's true like I feel like I'm like if anything that's just me like because even in Spanish too like I um I worked with a lot of Mexicans in Wyoming when I was banking and I was their banker so I spoke a lot of Spanish with Mexicans and there'd be times where like I sounded like them there's often times where my mother-in-law is Puerto Rican. And whenever I'm around a lot of Puerto Ricans, I tend to sound like Puerto Ricans. When I'm with my Dominicans, I sound Dominican. When I'm around my Southern friends, I pick up a little Southern, you know, like child, like, you know, like a little it. twang. I pick I it up. It. And then when I'm, when I'm back in the hood in Rhode Island, where I grew up, I talk like I talk like this. And like, I'm going to the store or whatever. Hot dog. You know what I'm saying? And, and I know how to like, 
And I'm like, yo, like, honestly, I feel like that's dope. Like, that's dope. Like, you know, yeah. like, I'm not in a box. Like, maybe if I would have lived in Rhode Island my entire life, like, some people's accents are thick and they ain't going nowhere because they're through and through from birth to, to their 30s. They've been there. They never left. Like, they don't know anything but that. That's different. Um, but sometimes I'm like, hey, like, yeah, sometimes I can switch it up and talk like this. And whoever I'm talking to, like, I pick up their lingo and their their accent. I think that's dope. And like you said, sometimes it's fun. Like I'm I'm a huge fan of speaking in a British accent. Like I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. So, you know, I often like to just talk like a like I'm a British and play hell, you know? And like just I love that stuff. And I don't think it's like appropriating or anything. I just like I love it so much that I want to learn it. I want to talk like like that or like whoever I'm around, you know? Like so I think that's that's super cool. The West Indian one, my husband can can hit a mean Guyanese accent and he doesn't do it often but I'm I always love being around his family like his dad very much um you know uh, he grew up in Guyana his whole life so um I love the West Indian like lingo it, it's like a, an obsession now that I have these days <laughs> like, it is. so I when think, you threw it in there I was like I like that <laughs> right I think like the probably the end of this or just like coming you know, the, the takeaway is for anyone who, you know, is struggling with identity, you know, you have mixed race, whether you're from this country, you know, first generation, or maybe you're just mixed race in general, or maybe you favor one side over the other, is that embrace all parts of who you are and, you know, be whoever the fuck you want to be and understand that if you are struggling with the blackness, with the you know, the, the whatever, you know, understand that you are worthy just because you fucking exist. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. You are beautiful. Like, do whatever the fuck you want to do. Talk like you in fucking Harry Potter. You know, one thing mm -hmm. I will say, I wanted to comment. Yo, Caribbean people, they be saying the most off the wall shit of life. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Like that's mm -hmm. random. But when you said your your um father-in-law, like I remember one time my mom, like, she was bitching about the dishes not being clean. And she was like, if I don't wash these dishes, I can stop buying toilet paper. And then, <laughs> I was like, because eventually you're not gonna have no reason to take a shit. I was like, God <laughs> damn. Really? You really thought about yeah. that? Yeah, I am crying. I am crying at the toilet paper now. I was like, damn, mom. Like, you really pissed about these dishes? Yo, the, yo, the sayings, the phrases, they really truly be off the walls, yes. yo. Like, Just oh that. my God. Oh, I love it. It's like, you can't even be mad because it's like, what did you just say? It's like, so, Maria, we're going to um, end it, but I just want you to, you know, give just like a final note to anyone who has, is experiencing anything like you went through, whether it's, you know, going natural, you know, family members that may, you know, say kind of off the wall stuff or, you know, being in different environments and having to adapt. Like, what is some, what's a piece of advice you'd like to leave? Oh, wow. Like, I'll kind of put it all in one, in one box as far as all of that, um, your identity, um your you know your appearance adapting to different places it you just have to embrace it you just have to come to terms and accept who you are despite like 
who raised you, how you were raised and where you were raised. Um, because for me, I've not only had to adapt in so many different places, struggle with never being going, being able to go back to my country due to legal reasons. So I didn't really, I was never really considered Dominican because I was never really back in the motherland, but I grew up around my people so much that I felt like I was connected. And then, you know, the embracing the curls and embracing my hair, like it just came to a point in my life where I had removed myself from everything that I was attached to my entire childhood. And it forced me to just understand that I am my own person, that I'm not the things that I've gone through and neither are you. Um, you. What you don't change, you choose. And so if you want to change your mindset, if you want to feel like and embrace who you are, do that. Like without any like remorse, without, you know, respectfully do you. And people are going to have to uh, like, conform to you like don't conform to what's around you don't conform because you feel like you need to speak or look or act a certain way like as long as you're a decent human being like do you and be you and embrace that and people are gonna have to conform people are going to have to adapt to who you are because that's all we're on this planet to be is just be you um unapologetically be who you are and 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 honestly, like, just take it all in, you know, take a moment and write down like the things that you truly love about yourself that actually really like helped me. I struggle every day. Don't get me wrong. Keeping it real, real shit here. Like, it's not all put together. And every day, everyone has their insecurities. And sometimes I'd be like, you know, am I really like black? Or like, is my hair really like pretty or whatever? And, like seeking outside validation, like don't do that. Um, but just embrace it, embrace it. Um, put yourself in a situation where you do get to learn other parts of you. Because being in different places in my life and moving so much allowed me to, um, you know, not put myself in a box and learn how to really just figure out who I am. And sometimes I'm 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 one person one where one place and another person another, but it's still me. Um, and and that's something that I like I learned and I and I don't and let things that people say just roll off of you. Um, if it feels good to you and, and, you know, it's what, it's what you, you feel called to as your being, then do that. Um, yeah. yeah. I love that. Be your authentic self. Something I had to write down because it actually gave me chills is what you don't change, you choose. Yep. Like, damn. Mm-hmm. That's, listen. That's a tough, I, it's a, it's a real going on right now. It's a tough pill to swallow. And I'm, I've been, and I've been saying it a lot recently because for a long time, and I know we said we were gonna like, but for a long time, I I grew up around a very much victim mentality. So for a mm-hmm. long time, I blamed my circumstances. Oh, I am not here because of this. Oh, I grew up like this, or oh, I didn't look like this, or oh, I didn't have. No, 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 baby, no. Like you make your reality. If you are choosing to be stuck in a in a victim mentality, if you are you are choosing. And, and don't get me, mental health is, is very much a real thing. And it's very important to take care of your mental health. And sometimes there are things that are out of our control. But the things that you can control, like if you need, if you need to heal, find that healing, heal that trauma. Like passing this trauma on and passing all these things on is a choice. Mm-hmm. And if you're, not choo- if you're not going to choose change, if you're not going to change your mentality, if you're not going to change your outcome, if you're not going to step into the world with, you know, wanting to be better every single day as long as you're one percent better every day that's all you can that's all you can do 
Um, but what you, yeah, what you don't change your choosing, your circumstances, that relationship that you, you're in and you don't want to be in, that job that you're at, like what you don't change, you choose. And you just have to go into life every day. Like if there's still air in your lungs and you're six feet above ground, like you're, you're not done and God's not done with you. And you just have to make the choice to make a change. Absolutely. And that's, you know, victim mindset. We're not going to, def- but that definitely can be a topic. Oh, girl, yes. And shit. That's something Ooh. that we need to fix some shit on. Oh, but anyways, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being here. And thank you guys for listening. As always, I love you so much and have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Bye.